I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, August 18th, 2018. Economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning, fam. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith, a newcomer to the radio show. We got ourselves a rookie. We do. This is Peter Lynch's first time on our radio show, and uh, Peter is a CFP. Anything else? You got other designations, Peter? I uh, just got a few uh, brokerage licenses, insurance licenses. Yeah, I don't want to overlook all that. That's right. Yeah. Peter. Peter's been in the industry a long time. Yeah, long time. Uh, Probably works in our 28 years. Wow, I, I took you for about 25 years old. Maybe I'll have to re- <laughs> rethink all that. Peter's uh, been around a minute, uh, but he's a uh, an associate in our planning and implementation department. Casey Smith is with us as well. He's a CFP as uh, as well, like Peter, and uh, managing associate in our planning and implementation department. Am I missing anything, Casey? Just uh, just president. a swell guy. Oh, Don't forget that. Swell. Wow. Uh, we won't call you the SG? Sure. Is that like an OG? Yeah, KC the SG. KC the SG. I like it. CFP. SG CFP. How about that? Well, he's going to start rapping. Yeah, Maybe he is an OG. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Um, former life. Oh, former life. Not present at all. That's what, what I do on the weekends is my business. I'm sorry. Uh, this is the weekend, so uh, maybe it's your sharing this yeah. weekend, just for this weekend. Just for just for y'all. All right, cool. Uh, so the S&P has uh, faltered just a bit this week, down a quarter of a percent, 0.25 percent. Uh, telecom, the big winner, is uh, positive. Yeah. Up 2.5 percent on the week. Energy has uh, hit the skids. We're down 3% on energy. Materials index is down 2.38%. Uh, consumer staples, here they come, uh, up 2.3%. So, uh, it, you know, this is something, Casey, I know you and I have talked about on the air before. Um, it's been an all-tech rally, or so it seems. You look back to, uh, just year-to-date, uh, market's up 7.67%. Information technology up 167 yeah, we're seeing a little bit more of a, a return to somewhat of a normal situation, I guess, with uh, the spread between value and growth is narrowed a bit. Am a I little, right? yeah, a little. Uh, bit we has. got to a point where, how, what was the widest point? About ten percent. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw it somewhere in there. We had uh, value down about two percent, and uh, growth or momentum was up about eight percent at some point. Most of that growth driven by the IT sector. Um, right. And, well, you know, not only IT, but we had some consumer, consumer staples too, especially when you consider Amazon and Netflix well, who have just flown this year. Consumer discretionary, right? Uh, consumer discretionary, yeah. not staples. Staples, staples right. are a 
are trailing still on the <laughs> yeah, years. They're, you can usually consider them value. But what we have started seeing is uh, a little bit of inflation creeping into the market. We've yeah. had PPI at about 3.6% on various occasions. Uh, CPI uh, recently reported at 29 That's the Consumer Price Index. Right. Uh, basically the, the price for a known basket of goods, uh, the headline number being 2.9%. And I know they always talk about headline versus core. Uh, the headline is the overall. The core is uh, what you get when you strip out energy and food. Because none of us spend any money on food or energy, right? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> the, the, the reason that economists like to pull it out of there is because the, the uh, prices on those two items are so volatile. I mean, you see it just this week, um, market overall down 25 basis points, energy down 3%. I mean, it's uh, it, you can understand from their point of view why yeah. they would want to try to measure it in a, a bit of a more muted way. Sure. But uh, we have heard some reports of uh, some of these consumer staple type companies that are pushing through, you know, like paper goods and and uh, all that, they are going to be the first ones who uh, start raising prices on consumer products at the at the consumption level. Well, and it's, it's really, I guess, about time that we see some inflation, right? I mean, we've been kind of waiting on it for a while. The Fed has been uh, starting to to take measures to reduce inflation or to, to get ahead of it, I guess. And so they obviously saw something in, in the works that would indicate inflation is on the way. We've been in a real tight labor market for a pretty good while now. No doubt. Um, and, and that generally will bring on, you know, first wage growth and then price inflation. Yeah, you know, uh, there was something made uh, back in January when we saw the market got really expensive, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, we were at about a 42% premium to, uh, um, to the long-term uh, level of price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500 at the time. Right. Uh, since then, we've had quite a bit of growth in earnings. Uh, at the same time, the market sold off a bit uh, in February. But right about the time that we started seeing that pressure, that downward pressure on the S&P 500, uh, we also saw a report of 2.9% uh, wage increase. Uh, so, you know, these levels of, of uh, wage increases are, are not real surprising when you've got unemployment at 3.9%, uh, the market um, doing all kind of things to try to fill jobs, and one of them is, as always, uh, you start raising wages. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you start to see wages go up, I mean, that's a, that should help put more money back into the consumer's pocket, which should ultimately be stimulative to some extent. But then you're going to get inflation on on the backside of that as companies realize they can start charging more. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and I guess what is the latest uh, from the Fed? I, I guess we're still expecting another rate increase in September. Is that Absolutely, accurate? yeah. Uh, what, what we look at is the options market to indicate uh, kind of what we're going to get. Uh, the 96 percentile uh, percent probability of a rate increase in September, uh, pretty high, well above 50 percent uh, probability of a rate increase the second, or actually in this case, a fourth for the year, yeah. 2018, uh, coming right behind it in December. Uh, when you look beyond that, uh, we're not really seeing a whole lot of signal, but the further out you get on the options market, the less reliable it is. I think I saw maybe June of next year was the next indicated 
uh, interest rate increase. So uh, if you look at what we've got now, what we would expect is a, a rate increase in September and another in December 2018. And, uh, you know, we've seen interest rates market-related, which don't always follow that Treasury uh, line, but um, market-related interest rates have uh, given us signs that, you know, there is the potential for inflation. We did see this week, though, uh, rates declined slightly and uh, four basis points, 0.04%. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much across the board, a little worse in uh, the five and the 10 year uh, at 7.4 and 6.7, so really around seven basis points, but still not huge moves. Uh, and we think that was that was really related to the Turkish lira. Uh, the trade um, fears seem to be pushing off the market at the moment. Yeah, it looks like China might be capitulating a little bit, yeah. uh, which you you called it, Troy. I mean, you said a while back that you thought that uh, we were much better positioned than China to to go into a trade war in the right. first place. And so, yeah. as, if someone's going to blink first, it's likely going to be the Chinese. And, right. And that's hope maybe what's happening. Uh, yeah, so. well, we buy so much. I mean, we buy the, everything from everywhere in the world. Uh, we are uh, the grand consumer in the global economy, uh, we being the United States. Um, I thought you were know. talking about you and me. Uh, no, I was talking about <laughs> you and Peter. Okay. Yeah, not me. Sense. Don't don't include me in that. I don't buy anything. If I can make it myself, or I mean, look at me. I'm wearing homemade clothes. Uh, they look this close to being Amish. <laughs> well, me. yeah, I'm I'm Amish. Everything's homemade except the beard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, you know when uh, when it all boils down, we we raised uh, prices or tariffs on 200 billion dollars of imported goods, and the Chinese said, "Oh yeah, well we're going to match your." Wait a minute. We <laughs> only buy 130 billion dollars worth of goods from you. Period. So you know they yeah. already lost in that second volley that we. That we fired, but uh, yeah, I, I think what you see is uh, is the Chinese showing that their position is not nearly as strong. I've talked about this at length, um, but one of the things that we did see is uh, their currency weakened significantly, starting really when this this whole debate started heating up toward right. the end of April. Uh, you saw probably eight percent decline in the in the value of their currency. What they fear in in uh, reaction to this is uh, the potential for significant inflation within mm-hmm. their own economy. Um, and uh, it, you know, while it did still help them uh, to some degree uh, export goods, uh, it's it still you know yeah, with that's, the tariffs that's one that of the we tools were, that they use often to it uh, is to. Re- devalue, I guess, their currency and, and right. try to make the uh, increase their exports that way. Right. Yeah, I recall the days of Timothy Geithner as our, uh, um, what was he, our Treasury Secretary, I believe, at the time, uh, talking about uh, the Chinese being a, a monetary manipulator. And, uh, you know, you heard a little bit about that after he came in, and then he, they, they uh, devalued a little more and then started letting their currency float a little bit and, mm-hmm. and got him off their back. But... Uh, uh, all things considered, it looks like there's a likely end um, on the horizon for that that trade issue. And to be honest with you, we see we see that uh, a lot of tariffs, uh, even with the Europeans, uh, could be cut away from you know the goods that that we sell abroad and those that we import as well. Right. Yeah. So not bad news overall. Um, 
We're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about a dog of the week. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. It's time for the Dog of the Week. All right, we got a Dog of the Week this week that... uh, it's another one of those, you know, a few months back I talked about uh, some of the other creative responses to homeless and and uh, humans being humans um, outdoor but in the city. We got another one of those. Uh, I tell you, maybe I don't get out enough. I wish Jarrett was here to talk to me about Paulding County because uh, I don't think this would happen there. But Paris has decided that uh, they've got a real good solution for people urinating in public i saw this oh yeah urinating in public is a problem in paris and they've cured it for maybe half the population (laughs) the men just the men yeah it's these big red look like garbage cans but it's like a mailbox or something like a, uh, well, it does kind of, I would not put my mail in one of these red, uh, quote, mailboxes if you run into them in Paris. They're full of straw, and uh, men can stand at the mailbox and uh, relieve themselves That's in public. That's what I M-A-L-E. Oh, uh, yeah. Mail. Okay. So, uh, the man has jokes. He, he brought them all. Uh, so uh, there, there's... Uh, uh, you know, th- this is uh, probably one of the worst ideas I've heard in a while. Uh, but I don't know. Let's think about the... this. If if you got an issue, if people are going to, you know, do their business in the street, yeah, you but might I'm... as well give them some give them give them an outlet. Give them an outlet. <laughs> That's precisely what's <laughs> happened. Well, the picture here, and uh, obviously this is not radio worthy if I have to paint the picture myself, but is of a man using this uh, outlet, this mailbox looking contraption, uh, as he looks over the river Seine while a tourist boat drives by. Yeah. And he's uh he's just <laughs> Uh, making himself uh, happier, I guess, as as uh, the boat floats by. I mean, it's a tourist attraction. Uh, well, it's going to make Paris more popular for uh, tourism. Casey, I'm telling you, you you're, look you're probably th- that's probably typical male of you <laughs> to think that that yourself is a is a tourist attraction. I didn't say myself. <laughs> I'm just in you're general. saying this guy. I don't know. I I mean, you've got me confused. I don't now. know what this guy's got to offer. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Is it it becomes a bit more apparent when you make a restroom with no protection it, from. Is there at least is there any privacy? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There is small walls. There is not a small wall. Could they there really just put up like around. a like a portajon around the city? Uh, well, I mean, I mean that would, would probably that accomplish be, the same thing. That would probably be the better See? solution. But it it truly looks like you remember your you know back in the old days when uh, when you would see McDonald's, they'd have. Like at the drive-through, a garbage can that was a little too far off the yeah, curb, so yeah. they'd have a chute, yes. you know, kind of yes. an extended uh, opening on it. That's pretty much what you get out of these things. Um, yeah. If you ask me, and I guess nobody did. You can talk about if you've got some kind of public, you know, it brings going in public to a whole new level. Going, going in public. public. Going in public. Yeah. Going in public. Yeah. I mean, you know well, We're not talking about publics. No. We're talking about <laughs> Not public. to be confused with publics, no. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, you know, they, these companies probably are tired of our 
promotion. Uh, both McDonald's and Publix would like for us to move on, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, what really struck me was uh, not only is it a horrible idea, it really is only a solution for half the population, or maybe even less than half the population. I think the global population is about 51% female, as last I recall. Um, so uh, wouldn't yeah, you know I would, it, it I would drew... guess that their issue that they're trying to solve for is probably majority male anyway, right? Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would, it's not yeah, too presume. often that you would see a, a woman I mean, relieve yeah. herself in public. But, hey, I guess anything could happen. I have been to Mardi Gras, though, so, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, so be perfect for New Orleans. That's what I was going to say. I don't yeah. know if it's... It's a French city, so, you know. Maybe, maybe that's the that, tie-in. That's a good tie-in. All right. They're well, uh, I, I wanted to bring it up. They're having a huge debate in Paris on how to fix this issue that seems to be, you know, they, they came up with one creative solution that doesn't quite hit the mark, um, and uh, believe it or not, there are there. some feminist folks that have decided that they would weigh in on this and say, hey, look, if we have to have to hold it, basically you do too. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they can't just give them some walls and then, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, it, honestly, I think that's probably the biggest shortage here is just let's make this a bit more of a private matter. I think it's a tourist attraction. But. Tourist attraction. All right. Well, anyway. anyway. Hey, uh, it is college season. It's almost football season, but we're, uh, you know, just in the last week, we've seen the kids go back to college, right? Speaking of urinating in public. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hope that that's not a thing. Uh, all right. So maybe it is. Uh, but uh, that's really not the subject at hand. Believe no. it or not, this is a finance show. It's uh, talking about ways that you can... Uh, Finance your life, um, and uh, Peter, I guess you've done quite a bit of work on this particular subject, and uh, I, I'm going to, to keep me and KC out of talking about the subject of uh, Paris and, yes. and Mardi Gras. Let's move on. I think it's time. Uh, Bring us back on online here, Peter. Uh, yeah, please see what I can do. rescue us. Well, we, had a, we had a question from uh, Terrence, who's attending college for the first time, and um, is thinking about uh, moving out from his parents' So right now he's uh, taken some student loans to pay for some tuition, fees, books, um, but is thinking about moving out and maybe looking to take out some more student loans. So paying for college, a uh, majority of the financial aid package is loans. There are other options there. We've got grants, scholarships, work study. Um, one of the issues, though, can, that can come up is overborrowing. So, I think there's been a lot of that lately, too. There has, and there are some statistics that I'd like to get into. I'll, I'll come back to those in, in just a moment. Um, but just to touch on some of the ways to pay for college. So you've got your grants, which don't have to be paid back, and those are more needs-based and also income-based. So mm -hmm. maybe not everybody will qualify. Uh, we then have loans, uh, federal loans, which have favorable interest rates and uh, – those are those are what most students are going to use, some type of uh, federal loan. We have work-study programs, which are great as well, um, and um, those can be uh, sometimes jobs in the community, and they can also be related to your course study. So those are uh, advantageous as well. Are you telling me that you're expecting college kids to get a job to fund their tuition? That may be lower down the list. Oh, okay. I think they're going to be borrowing money. Okay, all right. So the overborrowing part, you've got cumulative limits here. So $31,000 uh, 
cumulative limit for dependent student, 57500 For independent and graduate students can borrow as much as $138,500. If you need to borrow more than that, um, that's a sign that you're over your sign. borrowing. Um, so these are just the averages? These are averages. Okay. So the average amount that uh, students are over borrowing is just under $12,000. <laughs> and what that'll do is add about $119 a month to your monthly uh, student loan payment so for federal say, loans. When you say over borrowing, you're referring to using the money for things other than tuition and books. And exactly. Possibly room and board, I guess. Yes. And according to a survey by Student Loan Hero, uh, 41.3% of the respondents spent their student loan on monthly bills, which is understandable. Yeah. 14.9% for clothing, or they're borrowing money from the federal government to buy clothes. Oh, yeah. That's uh, well... Well done, guys. Well, you got to wear something to class. That's right. true, unless okay. you make your clothes like Troy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Troy yeah. wouldn't understand. I guess we'll, yeah. we'll move along. And My silkworm farm helps me do that. <laughs> and then, of course, 12.8% uh, on food, eating out, there restaurants. Uh, there was one more, Casey. I think you mentioned this one. Got 2.5% used on drugs and alcohol. Wow. That seems a little low uh, you, to me, but, you know. You're borrowing <laughs> a little low, 2.5% that yeah. you borrowed that you're going to spend on drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. That seems okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, you got to unwind after class. It's been a stressful yeah, week. You, 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 absolutely. You can't have stressed college kids. That's right. That's right. Um, you, it's you got gotta, real responsibilities. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, what is this world coming to? <laughs> And then, you know what, this this is the piece, and I know it's not what we're supposed to be talking about, but then you have politicians who nowadays are running on the fact that uh, it's time we address this problem with student loans, and uh, we need to just write them off. You can't make the person right. responsible on what it is they spend it on. Let's just make them all the way irresponsible and let the government pay it off so that we can buy their vote. Yeah, it's teaching them a valuable lesson. That'll teach them. $1.4 trillion. Wow. It wow. is a lot. I mean, it is, in all seriousness, it's a big, big problem. And yeah. overborrowing, I mean, it it creates a situation where, I mean, ultimately, yeah, and college students have a tendency to be a little short-sighted sometimes. And, you know, I was probably no different. But the fact is you're putting yourself in a pretty substantial hole. And if you're using borrowed funds to, you know, go out and buy a pizza and beer, you know, that that's going to set you back in the long run. It's going to create a problem for you having to pay back the loans. And, and you know, I mean, this, these aren't interest-free, I mean, yeah. for the most part. So. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, too, uh, boils down to the fact that they a lot of college students have these awesome uh, quarters that they're, they're really spending a lot of their money, probably beyond what they need to on um, – on a cool apartment, yeah. uh, you know, all the finest uh, facilities. i tell you what, let's uh, talk about this in just a second. When we come back, uh, we'll get deeper into the loan issue. In the meantime, stick around. You're listening to Money Talks and Pop Some Tags. I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm looking for a come up. This is getting awesome. Where we're moving on now. 
Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. I was letting it run. Our producer is looking at me like there's something wrong. But, you know, there is a line in there that says, moving on up to the east side, to that deluxe apartment in the sky. And that's a lot of what's going on with our student loans, right? Uh, As we left, talked a little bit about uh, uh, what's going on with students actually spending a boatload of money borrowed money, $12,000 on average, above and beyond what's absolutely needed for books and tuition and uh, maybe a little room and board. And uh, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Uh, we've even seen um, some, some claims recently that this is the reason that millennials are not buying houses, they're trying to get out of debt. Uh, it has a, a definite economic impact and this is another one of those things and obviously i'll step off my soapbox in just a second and let you finish out uh, your thoughts on it but um you know when uh, when we uh talk about this basically government money for education is crowding out uh spending on various other things including housing and and things that we've We've seen in the in the past, and and uh, you know what's what's interesting to me, and maybe it is uh, kind of a, a preference, but uh, you know we talk about millennials having would would rather just rent instead of buy, but lately when we start seeing the prices of homes coming down the spectrum, especially new homes, um, it, it, we've also seen a pretty significant increase in uh, family formation in in uh, uh, what do they call it? It's not family formation, but, um, you know, we've seen household formation. That's what it is. Uh, so so it, it really makes me sit and wonder, were we wrong all along about the millennials that, uh, you know, maybe it's just an economics uh, reaction instead of, uh, instead of really just their preferences changing? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint where that comes from. I do think that the student loan debt, you know, sets them back to begin with, so it becomes more difficult to save up the money that you would need to put a down payment on a house. I mean, the other thing I think is the the fact that, uh, well, early on after the recession, nobody wanted to buy a home, part, partly because it was harder to qualify for that loan. Sure. Um, and so, you know, making it uh, some of the regulation around um, home loans that, that got tightened up quite a bit after the Great Recession sure. um, is something that that precluded a lot of younger people from being able to get into a home and, and things like that. Student loans certainly don't help that. Um, and Peter, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I think, too, that uh, sometimes they dig in a little too deep and don't realize the damage that's been done until it's too late. Yeah. So one of the uh, statistics here, too, is nearly half of the undergrad student loan borrowers, about 48%, say that they could have borrowed less and still paid for their college. Yeah. Right. Um, and one of the one of the quotes, too, was to uh, live like a student when you're in college, not like a rock star, so that you don't have to live like a student after you graduate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to just like any other thing in personal finance is delayed gratification. Yeah. I mean, if you can – it's 
but you're trying to keep up with your peers and if you know John Doe goes and, and moves into a cool apartment and you think you need one too. So, I mean, keeping up with the Joneses starts young. I wish you would have used the John No Doe. <laughs> That's right. But you... I, I failed. You, That's the opportunity you, lost. Yeah. Next All time. Right. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I, I think that it's interesting that it's become such a big issue that we're now making it a political issue and, and could be uh, a national economic issue where... Uh, you know, we have this debate as to whether or not it's reasonable for us to help pay off all the student debt. And, you know, you get folks that uh, have gone through medical school or, you know, um, uh, law school, and the debt that they can amass is unbelievable. I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal not long ago. A dental student in California accumulated just over a million dollars in student loan debt. Wow. It's devastating. I mean, you do have to look at what your career prospects are, though. I mean, it, it, it might be reasonable to take out a certain amount of debt if you think that you're going to, you know, you're going to get a return on that investment effectively. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, you're, you're going to be in high enough income that you can pay off the debt relatively quickly and get to positive, you know, cash flow and right wealth know. growth and, yeah. and all that. And you know, KC, to that point, I know it's probably wise for us to temper it at this point. We're not saying don't use debt. In fact. Uh, if it is a decision between saving for your retirement and saving for college, we always say save for your retirement. You cannot borrow to retire. Right. You can always borrow and hey, put it off on the kid who's just starting their career. Uh, you can you can always um, borrow that money for college. Uh, yeah. It's there available. Obviously. Uh, the debate is, is it too available? Is there, you know, you can you can obviously be pretty irresponsible with any sort of uh, borrowed money. Yeah, no question. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we got a good bit of questions that uh, we could answer for, um, for those of you who have sent us in questions. We do love to f- answer those financial questions from you, and uh, you can reach us uh, with your questions at 770-429-9166. You give us a call. Uh, you can talk to a human at that number. Uh, you can also call our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Uh, you will get a recording. You can leave your um, leave your question. We will play it back on the air and answer right behind it. You can also email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, if you got, uh, you know, some time you'd like to look through, maybe even answer your own question, we do have uh, have a good bit of content at our website, hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R again. Uh, and, you know, we've got all manners of uh, exposure on uh, social media. So uh, look for us uh, if you'd like to know a little more about the company. um, And if you have specific questions, we'd love to answer those for you too. So um, I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with Casey Smith as well as Peter Lynch. And, uh, again, we have questions. John from Woodstock is asking, my broker has recommended both Silgan Holdings and Ball Corp. I know I don't need mo- both, uh, but I'm torn between the two. Silgan has a better PE, but it's listed as a hold online. Uh, Ball is listed as a buy, and let's be real, mason jars aren't going anywhere. Can you help with my decision? Uh, interesting you bring up the mason jars. Um, Ball Corporation actually I think is out of the the uh, glass jar business. I think they spun that off and. Uh, in the 90s, but uh, they are still a very 
uh, active materials company, and uh, really most of what they make now is uh, metal cans. Mm. So uh, uh, both of these, Silgan and Ball, um, operate in a similar business. Let's face it, uh, materials make up about 3% of the overall S&P 500, and generally speaking, uh, I, I don't uh, spend a whole lot of time looking at the sector. Uh, one of the other things that's really interesting is materials are dominated by uh, Dow Chemical. Dow DuPont is uh, the biggest one stock in that particular sector for the S&P 500. So, um, you know, although it's uh, it's a small group, you're probably not going to generate a whole lot of alpha out of these companies. Uh, you look at their earnings growth ball over the last five years, uh, grew earnings by 3.31%, expected to grow by about 5.5%. Um, Silgan, over the last five years, 4.2% earnings growth, for whatever reason, expected to grow by 10.73%. Uh, that, to me, sounds a little bit lofty uh, for a company who provides uh, metal uh, and plastic containers to to industry. Uh, the one thing I will say is when it comes to Silgan, they've actually supported the price of their stock by buying back shares. Uh, as recently as 2016, they authorized $250 million in share buybacks. Um, but again, you know, it's just not a very exciting space and very seldom will be. One thing I'll tell you now, guys, I couldn't believe this uh, until I read through it. I know Ball uh, meets the criteria for for our uh, investment, but what um, I did find very interesting is Ball actually has a technology arm, hmm. so much so that they do a lot of business with NASA. 22% of the revenue from Ball comes from the U.S. government. They're a defense contractor. Um, really? Wow. But the bulk of their business actually uh, comes from... Uh, from containers. So, you know, they, uh, when it all boils down, balls number one is Anheuser-Busch, uh, Coca-Cola's number two, Molson Coors. Uh, you got Silgan uh, with Nestle, um, Fresh Del Monte, PepsiCo. Uh, these, are, these are all businesses you would expect to buy a whole lot of cans and plastic containers and, sure. and that Big sort names. of thing. So. Um, you know, it's not a real exciting business, uh, to be honest with you. Other than the defense contracting part, that's kind of cool. It is, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's another one of those things, you know, we talk about quite a bit. It's not enough to move the needle when it when it all boils down. And, and uh, I mean, honestly, growth at 4.5%, not too exciting. All right, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back in just a second. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. I uh, got lots of questions. Uh, another one here uh, from Georgina and Carlos. Before I get to that, though, if you have questions for us, we'd love to help you answer those. You can give us a call, 770-429-9166, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. So, uh, guys, we got Georgina and Carlos who ask, uh, for the past few years, my husband's older sister has been pressuring him 
to write a will benefiting her daughter. Um, we have no children of our own and uh, haven't really been in a hurry to do our wills. Uh, we've declined, but she keeps pushing for a notarized list of all our assets. That seems a little pushy, uh, <laughs> including bank accounts. So we'd like that our assets benefit charities that we already support uh, once we die. Can his sister or anyone else uh, still try to claim an inheritance? Can somebody outside... First of all, it sounds like uh, if you were to actually do that, you might want to sleep with one eye open. It sounds like the sisters <laughs> keep the doors pretty locked. Pretty anxious for you guys to, to kick off. Yeah, well, so that's a little bit strange. And it's very probable, and uh, more than likely will happen if they do not set up that will. Yeah. So they really need to do it uh, as quickly as possible. If they have joint assets, uh, those will pass to the spouse. Um, but if they do not, if the surviving spouse dies. Um, then it's going to go to the state laws, and if you don't have a will or a state plan, uh, it's very possible that that uh, that pushy sister next of next of kin, right? So exactly. Um, now they, they don't indicate what kind of accounts they have. I mean, if you've got retirement accounts, IRAs, SEP IRAs, 401ks, anything like that, it's going to pass via beneficiary designation. Right. So that's a little bit different. Um, that's you know. that's strange. I think we've had that conversation before. So the beneficiary actually trumps uh, your will. Yeah. Th- those are called non-probate assets. So anything that goes through your will is going to go through the probate court. Um, and then anything that is a beneficiary designation, so a life insurance policy, any retirement account. Um, you can even set up brokerage accounts with designated beneficiaries. Um, they can, they're going to bypass probate, and they're going to be, they're still included in your estate for estate tax purposes, which hardly anybody is affected by anymore. But those do pass via beneficiary designation. So you want to make sure that your beneficiary designations also match your wishes, not just your your will. So if you've had a life change since you might have looked at that, it's probably a, a great time to give you the warning. Hey, you Definitely. better check it out because if, uh, say, if you had a divorce, if uh, something happened and uh, to somebody that was further down your list, uh, it's probably time to stop and and check those beneficiaries. And a lot of people will put their estate as a maybe a contingent beneficiary. A lot of times they'll put the spouse as primary, and then the contingent would be their estate. problem with that is if the spouse is deceased or if they die really close together where there's not enough time to go back and amend it, then the estate will inherit a retirement account, um, which in this case would be problematic because it could go to this um, this niece, I guess, that you may or may not want to leave your money to or the sister, I guess, in, in this case. But um, the other problem with that is there's a lot, uh, there's much stricter requirements for an estate that's inheriting a retirement account as compared to an individual. So you typically would have to take the money out within five years or as a lump sum if the estate inherits it versus if it gets inherited by an individual, they can then pull it out over their life expectancy. So it's a lot more flexible if you know. I mean, in this case, it sounds like they're giving it to charity, so that may not be an issue. But definitely a good time to, to seek some, some legal advice, get an attorney to help draft a, a will, and make sure your beneficiary designations are in line. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit different there. Um, so we've got another one here, Nathan from Atlanta. Says, uh, I'm not invested in cryptocurrencies. There's a whole lot of me right now that just wants to clap. Uh, But I do follow it because I think there is potential. Uh, Tuesday saw a huge dip. Any speculation on what's going on? Uh, You know, honestly, I I think you said any speculation on what's going on. 
How about what's going on is speculation. I was about to say, you just, uh, his question, not to pick on you, Nathan, but you're not invested in cryptocurrency. Troy would argue that no one is invested in cryptocurrency. No, you're you're a, betting. It, it really is. It's, it's just speculation. Now, I, I, like Nathan, believe that there could be some benefit to it in the long run, but I'll, honestly... Uh, from the from the start of this whole debate, and uh, we're down what like 70% from the high point uh, back in uh, December 18th of 2017, uh, at least on uh, Bitcoin. I know um, some of the others have followed suit recently, and uh, there are quite a few out there as far as cryptocurrencies. We've seen a lot of ICOs, those uh, uh, initial coin offerings, and and uh, part of what's going on is the SEC is not willing to allow uh, companies to create exchange-traded funds that would allow uh, individuals to trade them more uh, liquidly, if that's even a word. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, the thing is, uh, you've got something that, in my opinion, and I know, Peter, you, you're actually pretty well-versed in this, so throw your weight in there just any time, but my opinion is I don't see how it is all that disruptive. I know when I say that, a lot of folks are saying, no, but wait a minute, what about the blockchain? Yeah, the blockchain could be applied to many other things that don't have to be a cryptocurrency or a currency at all. Uh, they could be applied to just about any line of business. Agreed. And and many companies, uh, banks, brokerage firms, are are seriously looking at using blockchain technology. Right. Um, it, it, ha it, it can be used by the cryptocurrencies, but there are many more uh, Many more ways to use it uh, that can be beneficial, but yeah, the Bitcoin—it's uh, still extremely uh, speculative. We'll call well, it. And we've talked about it before on the show. It's it, the hard thing about any cryptocurrency is that the whole benefit is that it's an anonymous transaction and that it gets recorded on this ledger, the blockchain that is uh, widely distributed, and so it, it's. Everybody has all of the information at the same right. time. It's been argued that you can't fool it, basically. Right. But right. At, at the end of the day, is the government going to allow an, an anonymous transaction to occur, uh, completely anonymous? That yeah. can, cannot be tracked, cannot be, you know. I, I think the fact that the biggest benefit is going, the, I don't think that it's ever going to be allowed to be used in that way, and that's going to be the the downfall. That's going to be the problem with it. That will keep it from being mainstream. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've said it, you know, for a long time. Until you can go out and uh, and buy groceries at whatever you know your preferred outlet is with a cryptocurrency on a daily basis, and I know there are places where you can spend cryptocurrencies. But until it becomes so widely used, so mainstream, that you can do that by gasoline, um, and, and probably the biggest one is pay your taxes. By the way, the IRS does not recognize cryptocurrencies as currencies. So until you can do those things, I really believe we haven't gotten there. So if you're going to still insist on, uh, on speculating in, in uh, cryptocurrencies, my opinion is, Spread it out. Very I mean, small amount. Yeah, yeah. tiny amounts. Do it with something you're comfortable just, losing. Right, right. Buy more than just, you know, with Bitcoin. Buy, buy some Ethereum. Buy various other ones. And, you know, honestly, when you dig down into these, still one of the biggest 
um, stumbling blocks to the whole thing becoming mainstream is the fact that it's uh, it, the the transactions that they can handle are so few. Right. Um, right. What we saw part of what we saw, I think, in the buildup of the the value of cryptocurrencies was it was in 2017, and a lot of Chinese uh, citizens were trying to find ways that they could. Uh, turn their yuan into dollars and various other currencies, and uh, they realized that hey, if we uh, if we can spend some money on technology, we can generate uh, whatever the Bitcoin, the whatever coin it is, a cryptocurrency, and then we can sell it for that other currency. So it was kind of an an arbitrage or a, a transfer of of uh, uh, currency in that manner. So I don't know. It, it's still. Uh, has not proven itself in my book. Down the road, maybe. Way yeah. down the road. Yeah, it could well be. All right, guys, so uh, we're about to wrap it up. Uh, same question I ask every week. KC, you think the market's up or down this week? It's got to be up this week. Got to be up. Agreed. How about you, Peter? Agreed. Peter, up. how about that, man? We have a quorum. So, uh, you know, every time I'm a broken record, I always say the market's going up, and you know what? I'm right. At least right. you're consistent. I'm right two-thirds of the time. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.